so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin. I'm here with Vivek Mababani. Oh, hey guys. Uh, Vivek Mababani, if you haven't followed me yet, Facebook at Funny Vivek, letter M for Mama. You check me out. I'm at Andy Curtin on Instagram, all that jazz, Twitter, Facebook. And we have a very special guest today, Jules Hannaford. How are you? Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Where do people so find excited. you online? So people can find me at Jules Hannaford on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. So you're a bit of a legend podcaster in this city. Uh, Jules has got two podcasts. Uh, the first one is Fool Me Twice, which is about a catfishing horrific story that you went through, an online dating scam, uh, and also Hong Kong Confidential. I mean, you wrote a book at Fool Me Twice, the same name, and then Hong Kong Confidential, which is your podcast, interviewing interesting people around the city, would you say? That's um, right. So we're going to talk about today, we'll talk about where is catfishing now? What's your bit involvement been in that uh, since you've finished with the podcast and the book? Um, and you've got, you're coming up with an addition to Fool Me Twice, right? Yeah, Fool Me Twice 2 is coming out later in the year. We've just got started on it. It's very exciting and it's about a diamond scam. And then Hong Kong Confidential, I really, we're going to find out today what you've learned about it, all the different people you've met and how it's changed the way you look at Hong Kong. Yeah, normally Jules is the one who interviews. We're flipping it over. We're doing Hong Kong Confidential interviewing her. Yeah, it's so exciting. I like being had the shoe on the other foot. So you started writing the book for me twice. That was kind of the, the initial um, step in towards podcasting, I guess, right? Well, yeah, it was. I... Actually, that's a really good question. No, I think I started Hong Kong Confidential first. I did. So what happened was I went to life coaching. I realized that I was becoming a reality television addict <laughs> and I wasn't doing anything rather than just teaching full time. Without, without your own reality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting at home watching Survivor, wishing I was there starving and not sleeping. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Take a trip to Lama Island. Yeah, Leave yeah, me yeah. alone. Oh, yeah. Trying to get Survivor going down on Power Station <laughs> Beats, but no one would join me. <laughs> um, and I realized that I needed to do something a bit more creative with my life. And I was in menopause as well. So I wasn't sleeping well and I was, you know, kind of really stressed and so I went to life. We coaching. can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had menopause yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. I, I, I think it goes longer than a day. Oh, yeah. That wasn't like, I was a paused man. That's what I was. And so I went to life coaching and then decided I was going to do Hong Kong Confidential because of menopause. I wasn't sleeping. So I was listening to podcasts every day and I still do. Every single day I listen to podcasts. Did you feel, did you see yourself as being a creative person in general? Well, yeah, I did a good degree in communications, majoring in media. So I kind of have a bit of a background in this I'm a, and I'm a teacher and I taught drama for 15 years. And so, yes, I see myself as a creative person for sure. I do painting and things like that too. So I just decided I was going to get started and create a podcast. So I did an online course with Udemy and then I learned how to edit on <laughs> edit Vivek, on Vivek, Vivek is, is reacting with disdain. Udemy.com. That's actually yeah, where I watch yeah. a lot of tutorials as well. And yeah. Do you really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated how you find I, stuff. I used to be a big Lynda.com fan and watch videos over there. Then Udemy was cheaper. So I was like, oh, I go with the price. Yeah, so I, I went like there. Yeah, like $8 Australian yeah. for my podcast course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's actually basically very 
simple site. I'm not trying to sell them or anything, but like it's a simple site. They teach a lot of different techniques and different skill sets, software, hardware, all that stuff. And yeah, that's a great starting point. It was. So I did the course and then I learned how to edit on YouTube in Audacity and then I'm ready to go. I put something out on Hong Kong Mums. It's remarkably easy when you figure out the nuts and bolts of yeah, it, right? I did it really fast, but I'm... T- I- I am typically someone who does everything quickly. So then I got into Very Hong Kong, Kong or Confidential, you, yeah. yeah. And then after that, I decided to write the book along the way. Um, I met a woman. So it was the other way around. The podcast yeah. kind of initiated the book. Hong, yeah. I, um, I had a guest called Pashmina on my podcast and she had a book agency. And so she convinced me to join her and she supported me through the writing of the book. And it, yeah, it came about that way. And so then would you after say- the book... The podcast of Fool Me Twice. So it sounds like a lot of stuff that you've done has been like kind of go with the flow as in I met this person, this person said this, I saw an opportunity and I went for it. Yeah, Vivek's just learning about how life works. Yeah, yeah I know. He's so <laughs> young, Vivek. I know. I had menopause yesterday, remember? <laughs> so you talked to one person and then that had caused a conversation with another person? Yeah, what is this? Yeah. I, I haven't um, learned the life lesson on Udemy.com yet. <laughs> I'll get there. So how to interact with humans by Udemy.com. No, Sponsor how, of this podcast. No, the one I'm doing the one before that how to human that's it i haven't even done that yet so what really struck me because i've been ripping through the fool me twice podcast so your daughter did she initiate that that was her project no it was my project you did together yeah we did it together i got her on board and asked her to write it because after finishing the book i was like that's it i don't want to write anymore yeah it must have been an intense process to go through very hard very stressful and of course i'm bearing my soul about my foolish mistakes with online dating scams. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's very intense. So it was quite, on one hand it was cathartic, on the other hand it was anxiety inducing. I had a really short deadline which was probably stupid because I was a full-time teacher at the same time and running Hong Kong Confidential alongside of it, a weekly show. So I think that all of that was quite stressful. So I'm like, no, I don't want to write. I love podcasting. I want to be a podcaster and a teacher, not a writer. My daughter is a writer. She's got a master's in writing for performance and publications. And she did the final edit on my book as well. So she knew the story. So I'm like, turn this into a podcast. What about the people around you when you first started podcasting? Because like generally when I tell people, hey, I'm going to start a podcast or I have a podcast with Andy, the first thing they say is like, please don't. (laughs) <laughs> there's enough. There's an, there's an Nobody says that, AB- that to me. <laughs> see, there's an ad that ABC TV just oh, yeah, put I saw, out yeah, saying, yeah. "Don't make a podcast for f sake. Don't make a podcast." I, I, I see, because in college, COVID, everybody's making a podcast. College humor or someone did 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 a did a sketch about that. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, people discouraging you from adding yet another podcast that they have to now download. And but if I was to. taking good life advice, I mean, I wouldn't be here on yeah. several levels. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon sold out of microphones apparently. Oh. That's, a, that's so yeah, funny. Sold out. So, but I mean, listening to it because my exposure to podcasting is actually it's the first serial podcast I've ever listened to. Oh, I love serials. The, I love them. Yeah, yeah. why well, it's made me want to go and listen to serial. You know, oh, kind of a, one of the brilliant. big ones. Yeah, that's the biggest and the best. And it's such a different style. But I, I, it, I have to admit, like it was. You really are are opening up some pretty personal stuff on there. Like I, I hate to say, it, like it's such a cliche to be like, oh, it's so brave. But it was, re- I was really like, wow, this is an intense thing to hear about. And there was a, there was another lady that you had on there, I think only briefly, just giving her sort of other catfish story. And she was just like, oh yeah, and no, I thought it'd be a good idea to loan some money and everything. And and I thought, oh man, you can see how people go through this stuff. But I, I feel like you just rarely ever get someone being so candid about how they 
ended up in that situation. Well, is that absolutely. fair as yeah, a listener? Look. It's a billion-dollar industry, dating scams. It's massive and it's getting exponentially larger since COVID hit and people are getting scammed left, right and centre. Are you pretty across that now post having put the book out there? Like What, past the shame? No, no, I just – like now that you've written – you seem to be still up to date with what's going on. Oh, yeah, because I'm actually getting asked to talk about it now. I'm getting speaking engagements. I'm having people contact me. I'm running seminars. So I'm becoming a little bit of a romance scam expert in Yeah, (laughs) the reverse scam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So – um, yes, yeah, so that's, that's going on someone's CV. Yeah. yeah, there's a scam. I'll find out if it's romantic. I'll know definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check with Jules. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I I think that I am still on it, and I am helping people, and I really hope that my story helps other people not to it get must. caught in the same trap that I was. And at the same time, really, I went through the shame with the book, and that's where I had to get my organisation on board, and my principal, and my parents, and all these people that didn't know about it and get their support because my job's most important to me as a teacher, and I was worried about my reputation because I was so foolish, and I just got taken for a ride and could have lost my life. And were those concerns realised on any level? No, everyone was incredibly supportive and fantastic. Isn't that, isn't that insane? Like it was amazing. You like create I've this had, wall of, yep, of consequence so that are just not real at all. Absolutely. Everyone was so supportive. So I worked through the shame and the embarrassment and all of that writing the book. So by the time it came to doing the podcast, it was a different approach psychologically and the anxiety that I had writing the book had really sort of gone away a lot once I was doing the podcast. And I'm just so proud of what we created. And the fact that we got nominated for a Webby for Best Writing. Good sign. Incredible. Yeah. That's such an honour. But then would, would you say like the process of facing your issues through a podcast versus a book is so different? Because with a book, you know, you can write a bit, you know, let it digest, sit there and then come back again tomorrow. But podcasting, you kind of want to just go with it rather than like keep editing yourself constantly. I think it was different because I did the book first and that was very, very confronting because I was reliving it and worried about my career and I was under a huge time pressure, which I'd put myself under, but that was a mistake. I'd, I'd put, made a too short a timeline. So I got very anxious and that was very stressful. And also I didn't have the skill level that I would have liked to have had as a writer that I do as a podcaster. So my skill level, I think, is better as a podcaster. So in many ways, doing the podcaster podcast was much easier. It's oh. interesting that because it's like, if you want to write a book, you have to have something important. So you write about the most important thing, but you're like, I need to do some less important things to write about so that by the time I do my most important thing, I'm, I've, I've nailed all of the skill sets required. Well, in a way do you I know did what I mean? In, yeah, in a way I did that in the book because I wrote about my childhood and there's a bit about my oh, life you be- Yeah, sure, so, yeah. Yeah, so I did that, the build-up as I wrote and then it got to the harder stuff later on. But one thing I realised when I went back and I was editing the book, I was really able to see how Truman had manipulated me and how he was really professional and I could see because I'd kept all the Skype chat and all the emails and put some of them in the book. So when I was able to see that, I was able to forgive myself a bit and go, oh my gosh. So I could see how adept he was at manipulating me and what a professional criminal he was. So that was a good thing for me because it was quite cathartic and I was able to... Yeah, because if he's a pro, you can be like, well, I got duped by a pro. It's not like... Yeah. 
like I just walked into a wall or something. Someone was this guy so, had done his homework. Knows he what he's doing. He was like at another level, and you're like, it's okay, fair enough. You know, that means I'm not just naive. I was like, this is another pro level that I got scammed. So, okay, fair enough. It's such a sinister thing. You, are you familiar with Robert McKee? He wrote a book called Story. It's no. kind of like the Bible. He wrote it in the 80s or something. It's been translated in a million languages. It's the Bible for filmmakers and stuff in the US. It just sets out the principles of what makes a good story. And one of the things he was talking about was like evil hidden in in, in goodness is sort of that double evil. So it's like, you know, the priest that molests children. It's so much worse because it's this figure of, of trust, you know? And this idea that like you've got this person that is sort of in your camp that is revealed to be something else is such a more sinister thing than like being robbed, right? Absolutely. And in fact, it turned out that he was a known criminal with over 20 aliases oh and a ratchet back to the 1990s in the UK. And you mentioned he had like some woman in Sweden or something yes, on his Facebook. Yep, and that's right. And she, wasn't, she wouldn't come and visit him. And, she, you know, she only had a few friends and it was just all very suspicious. But I kept ignoring all the red flags. Yeah, but it's easy. Like it's hindsight. It's like anything. Mm. When you review a situation and you go... I've done that differently. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up Australia. That's like every show I do here. <laughs> <laughs> every set we do, we kind of walk down like, I should have said that to that heckler. I should have oh, done that. Oh, comedians are the worst. Yeah, yeah. I sit there and listen to the audio being like, wrong, wrong yeah. enunciation, yeah. wrong That's why I, wrong didn't, pause. I didn't do well. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like, so what you're saying is that your experience, because like you're facing your issues. There's just like comedians coming up on stage, being vulnerable and showing, being naked on stage, telling people how they feel. Just the difference is that our audience is not going to take us as seriously as maybe someone like you who's talking about it through a book or your podcast. Have you had people come up to you afterwards and say, oh, you know, thank you so much. I, this has changed my mindset. It's made me see things better. I'm sure you must have a lot of those. Absolutely. We've had emails from people all over the world and messages saying, thank you so much. I realized I was being scammed. I've That's what I was him. thinking. I was like, yeah, if, imagine, if you were mid-scam, mm. like you'd start noticing stuff yeah. really quickly Absolutely. listening to a that. A lot of people saying my mum went through the same thing and yeah. like wanting to connect with us we get reviews and facebook messages and emails and loads of feedback and the feedback's been just overwhelmingly positive apart from the ads everyone hates the ads <laughs> oh, it's like i'll stop reviewing the ads that's how i make the money shut yeah. up stop yeah. scamming yeah. us by saying this product is good it's that yeah. no, no yeah. They think the, the ads aren't even that bad either no i feel like people aren't listening to them so we've got valentina on there who's a dating and relationship coach yeah like if i had her in my life i wouldn't have been they, scammed they were yeah. relevant yeah to, it's to so the content relevant. matter it's it wasn't like you're like stamps.com yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone who's listening thinks I'm promoting online dating. So they don't get that they're not pro they're, they're either I've done a bad job with the ads or they don't get what it's about. So they think I I'm everyone sees scamming people. And one like, thing I've learned is you put something out there, everyone's going to perceive it through their own lens. Exactly. And find some issue. And some people don't like the music order, and that's fine. It's I love personal. the music. I was blown I away by love the music. The music. My my sound designer Shade Furlong in Brisbane created every part of that music it's in amazing. the show for the show. Well, see, it was so different to what we do because we're a bit like, all right, play the music, go, you know. Yeah. Whereas it, it really kind of set the mood. Yeah, you know, the music is fantastic. Sort of, it, it 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 was almost. I'm not. Uh, a film guy, but it's sort of it was sort of filmic. film film it noir, was. you know, like you yeah. get in there and that it's, was the goal. Yeah, it feels investigative, like some sort of uh, a, a sleuth tale or something yeah. like that. Um, I, I obviously really enjoyed it, but um, but then I mean, like, so you've been creating 
podcasting regularly. It's not like a hobby on the side now. So, like, for example, comedians, our challenge is new content all the time, right? That's the biggest challenge. But where do you get your ideas from? I'm sure, like, the scams are kind of reduced at least or, you know, you get another new issue that you're dealing with. What, where is the ideas coming from? That's what I'm really curious about. So we wanted to do Fool Me Twice 2, the next series. And, <laughs> that's and Fool Me 4. Yeah, yeah. That's Fool Me 4 times. Did you get scammed again for that? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, a friend of mine who owns a diamond company in Hong Kong has come to me with a diamond scam. And the story is absolutely amazing. I'm so excited and we're underway. Oh, and so this is already wow. going. Yeah, we're, oh, we're making Fool oh, Me Twice 2. Perfect. Out, I guess around November. Hang on, just a quick word from our sponsor. Are you looking to buy a diamond? <laughs> yeah. And we're not going to say any more about that yet. Yeah. If you follow, but it's really fantastic. If you I'm find so the excited. diamond to be romantic, you're in trouble. Yeah. So, so where should people stay tuned if they want to keep abreast of that coming out? Oh, look, just subscribe on on iTunes or wherever you are. To the original one. So yeah, go yeah to the, it's going on the so original So go to the feed, feed of the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's going to be for me twice. Same feed. I've still got 9,000 subscribers or whatever. So we'll just roll it out to the the next group and we've sort of put out that the season two is coming. So we're letting people slowly know that to make them aware. So you're saying Fool Me Twice 2 is going to talk about diamond scams as in like a diamond company scamming or people uh, scamming about fake diamonds? Do we get a little hints? No? Both? Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I really don't want to say very right, much at enough, the okay. moment because it's such an amazing story and yeah. it's, there's so many twists and turns and yeah, so many a- unexpected aspects, yeah. but it's about a diamond scam in Hong Kong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that it's some guy playing poker and it turns out it's like the, the queen of diamonds. Oh my God, like, you got it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to suggest the name Diamonds Aren't Forever. <laughs> yeah. They realize that the expiration date. Like, oh. jotting that down now. <laughs> 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 They're not everyone's best friend. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, move, shifting. So, obviously, Hong Kong Confidential is a wildly different project. Yeah. Um, and what kind of fascinates me, because I, I did do a, a similar project of uh, engaging interesting people in Shanghai. And what was the mo- most interesting part for me was I became friends with a lot of these people and realized how many cool different things were going on in the city. Um, do, how much do you feel it's changed your perception of Hong Kong? Because you've lived here for plenty of years before. Um, has it changed your understanding of the layers and the bubbles of the city? I didn't realise how many incredible people there are in Hong Kong and the diversity here. And I think doing Hong Kong Confidential, I've got out 150 episodes already. It's just amazing the people that I've met. And I think that... In a way, I kind of knew that Hong Kong was amazing, but it's really been wonderful to get down on the ground and meet these people and make friends with them and have all these connections and have other referrals. And the idea of Hong Kong Confidential was where I was going to help everybody and get these stories out there. But what I didn't realise was how inspired I would be. And I've been so inspired by all the people that I've met and the stories that I've heard and the, and the raw sharing that I've experienced and the connection I've been able to make with my guests, which is incredible. I was just thinking, That's like, some of my so really rewarding. close friends now are people yeah. I met doing the podcast. I know. Isn't that great? Yeah. And, you know, I just, like, when we were... A, 
nominated for the Webby. I called on everyone to vote for me and everyone stepped up and they're really happy to help. And I just have a lot of connections now and a lot of support, which what is What about wonderful. like the, the reverse effect as in like you thought this person was amazing. They come onto your show and you talk to them and you're like, oh, okay, guess you're just not that oh, special. I had mean, a couple of those. You I had one hearing? that was so bad that I said, oh, the audio didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like that's, I, a, I, that's a good point. And he said, I'm, he said, I'm we'll available do to do it yeah. again. I said, the schedule's really full. Yeah. I'll see if I find something. I mean, like, yeah. I've been on some interview shows where people assume, like, I'm Indian, uh, you know, oh, we're going to get this guy. <laughs> I to say, I've been on some interview shows where the audio didn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had this, this guy called Andy Curtin. He invited me, and I kept begging him to go back. No, I've been on shows, and they would have certain assumptions. For example, I remember I was on one of the radio shows here in Hong Kong, and they invited me on, and they were like, oh, today we have this Indian guy. We're going to do some Indian phrases. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't speak Hindi or Sindhi. Uh, what's going on? And then it was just really awkward because yeah. then they're just like, oh, the whole show is about language. And I'm like, well, we're in trouble now. So are you asking Jules if she's a terrible interviewer? Is that what no, you're no, no, no. I'm asking like, have you, <laughs> yeah, have you had where you have certain things, you know, you've done whatever research or any information you have about them. You would assume, okay, someone who works in this, they should, you know, be creative or this. And then they come up onto the show and you're like, wow, you are completely cold. Do you know what I really think? That if I have a bad interview or if it doesn't go well, it's often my fault. And I think it's often related to the fact that I'm exhausted or I haven't slept well or I feel overworked. And I, I really don't feel like I blame my guests. Oh, I'm happy to I, blame them. I have, <laughs> I have had, obviously, some guests or stories that aren't perhaps as gripping or as intimate as others. But... The thing is, you can't judge what the audience is going to like. Like I've oh, put some I things agree out with that. where yeah. I don't really think it's that great. And it's not something, like if I got something on about dogs, I wouldn't really be that interested because I'm not a dog lover. Sorry, I'm going to get hate mail now. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can put that out there and you'll get loads of listens. And so I've put stuff out that I thought was mediocre or it wasn't a great story and it's top the charts. Okay? I always find those so are the ones where don't know. you put them out there and immediately some long-term fan is like, oh, that was my favourite. Yeah, you're like, what? There's always an audience, I think, for terrible. what you're putting out. That and there's always like something, somebody that's interested in your topic. That's like literally every every bit you do on stage here. You're like, this is going to kill. I'm going to go up there. Oh. Like, uh, no. Yeah, you can't, ex you don't want to have expectations because then you'll be let down. Yeah. And I think, like you're saying about being a comedian earlier, like you get up and you're sort of getting, you know, getting raw and open on the stage and wanting to make people laugh. We're doing the same thing in podcasts as well. It's just a different in a different format and it can be quite challenging or confronting but I think you've got to just be proud of what you've created and not hang on too much about the outcome or people's responses just just be grateful for what you've been able and to put the process together. and what you get yeah. out of it as well right? yeah, and the creativity and the joy that you get out of it and the reward that you get and that other people get from what you do the the, the drastic difference I think is the feedback like stand-up, you are judged loudly now every yes. 15 seconds. Yes. And that would be hard to drop a great joke and not have anyone laughing. It must be very, very I hard. Ask Vivek, I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I can totally tell you, I have a whole book about it. It's called Laugh at Me Once. Um, don't you put a, a few um, stools in the audience or stool pigeons? Who oh, laugh I, I have my own sound effects. <laughs> this is why this room is designed this way. The speakers are there so I For can record, I do not want it publicly stated that this room has <laughs> sound effects in it. No, I'm kidding. Um, you, I mean, the reality is that if you're doing a set, you, even a good set, you're going to miss a couple of them on the way. But if you're doing it properly, the audience doesn't realize that. But the irony is, is that there's a comfort in 
being in that much feedback that a lot of comics, when they think they can just do podcasts, are completely lost by the lack of feedback. Yeah. They can't yeah. have no one there. I, I think, no, I think you that's don't actually, have the audience. Yeah, yeah, that's actually why they're discouraging a lot of people starting new podcasts now because like, it's not as simple as you thought. I mean, it's one thing looking at an audience and speaking to them. It's another just looking into a wall and having a mic in your face and just saying, talk. Absolutely. And then it's another thing to have to interview on Zoom, which I've had to do through ah. COVID, which is oh, really yeah. hard. I don't like it at all. I can't wait to get back into person to person. I did. I did a show for the New York Comedy Club on Zoom, and it was um, it was okay, but it was it was like oh, okay, this is what it is, you know. Certainly wasn't invigorating. I think when you have the connection, when you were doing that show, the mic probably didn't work. The audio probably was problematic. You know what was yeah. funny is the uh, the uh, Ahmed Ahmed was on it, not to name names. And started trying to do crowd work, which doesn't work on Zoom. And then just starts hitting on one of the girls who's just sitting in her living room trying to watch a <laughs> show. And then we're, we're all there like, what is this horrific that, train wreck of a of a That sounds like a relationship scam in the making. I mean, this it, guy... It was, yeah. They're, they're, it does, doesn't it? It does. Zoom win. scams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fool me twice three. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Zoom. <laughs> 40 minute maximum. Quick, that's a great it's idea. Sponsored by Zoom. For all the people that can't pay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know exactly. what's so funny? is One of my very good friends who's a fan of your podcast, yeah. I, I, I said, you know, what is there any advice what she could talk about? She said, don't joke about about the scams. <laughs> <laughs> We're not joking Tell about it. Whoops, sorry. And I was like, I'll try. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. If you can't laugh at, if you can't laugh at these things, I mean, laughter is such a cornerstone of being happy and make in connecting with people and life. It's yeah, fine to laugh at. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't take away the seriousness of it. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think some of the biggest laughs thing. come from emotionally heavy moments. Of course they do. That's what we were saying about comedy. When you've got to expose yourself in your deepest, darkest secrets because that's when you hook the audience in and then you've got to turn it on its head and make it funny. Yeah, I mean, Cal Burnett said comedy is equal to tragedy plus time yeah. which is why when Andy bombs on stage I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm having a great time. Because <laughs> it's just time till Vivek gets on yeah. and saves the show. <laughs> <laughs> then I just go and people don't laugh that mic's not working. <laughs> yeah, so tell your friend we were, tell your friend I was happy to have jokes about oh, scams. She'll, she'll listen. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Hi there, thanks for listening to my podcast. Love you, Cassie. Um, so I, I am really fascinated Though, are there any characters that have stood out to you looking back over Hong Kong Confidential oh. that, that that could you know be interesting to bring up, represent the city with their story? Well, that is brilliant question because there are so many, but ones that pop to mind are Matt Friedman from the Mekong Club about human trafficking. Like, oh, that yeah. was absolutely like gripping and incredible. Um, I think that. I had a woman called Temi McLean on my podcast who was caught in the Thailand tsunami and she shared her survival story. That was amazing. My most listened to podcast is Kate McAllister, episode 50, about how she had a stroke at the age of 32 in Hong Kong and, and her survival story. That's my most listened to podcast. Um, my one on menopause is one of in the top six of the most. We had a. Oh, we're going to have to cancel ours. It's already been yeah, done. Sorry, we've, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> forget it, guys. We've done it. <laughs> it's done in Hong Kong. Um, so, look, there are so many. I've had so many incredible guests. I, one of my ex students came back and he'd written a poem about me because. I had helped him manage his um, depression and get help for him when he was at school. And this is Vishal Nanda, and he'd written a poem about me, and he read it on the podcast, and I started crying. I'm like, you're the only only guest that's ever really made me cry, and it was just so moving. I, there's just been so many. I can't 
think off the top of my head to name them, but I think there's something about personal stories rather than oh, I'm in, the, I'm in the mindfulness business and this is what I do and I teach meditation and this is how it can help you. Like I've got loads of great podcasts like that, but I really feel a connection to the personal survival stories, cancer survivor. Um, there, there's loads of them and I really love that because I think that that's part of that owning your story and sharing your soul and that really helps the audience and the listeners, the listener, one listener, we'll speak to the one listener, uh-huh. to connect yeah, but have you noticed any common traits that you usually know, uh, have in your guests? I mean, like for example, people I like to speak to are the ones who are really productive. You know, they're always chasing a certain dream, and I find that these guys are just you know proactive and too b- overly busy. That's what I seem to attract around me: really busy people. You're a very busy person. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. why. I am too. So yeah. super busy. Look, I think after 150 episodes, you're going to have a really wide variety of people, and I think one of the things in common is that. Pretty much everyone's in Hong Kong or a part of the Hong Kong community. But I think one of the things that I did when I came up with the format of the show was make sure that there was real breadth in, like I didn't do a mums and breastfeeding podcast because then you're just limited to babies and breastfeeding. You're going to struggle to get to 170 yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Whereas <laughs> Hong Kong Confidential, I can really do anything that I like. And I'm even like Simon Squibbs in England when I interviewed him, but he was in Hong Kong. So there's a tenuous connection. So I'm sort of branching out a bit and making more tenuous connections but I just think everybody that I've spoken to the common factor is they're all willing to share their story and the thing is everyone's got a story especially in this city yeah Everybody's you can't get story. here without having a story. Every day's yeah. a new story in the city, man. Oh, Every day, right. you know, you, you go, just go on Facebook. You're like, oh my goodness, this is going on now. Yeah, it's yeah. always happening. Well, you know, t- we were saying today whether we'd be able to come in with the protests and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, today should be calm. I mean, yesterday was a big thing with with the issues in Hong Kong. So today's we, another. We story. came in yesterday, and I was coming in here, and there were literally downstairs people, right, running yeah, yeah. at people being hit with the rubber bullets or whatever they pepper, were. Pepper, pepper. Pepper. Doing the pepper one. It was lunchtime, oh, so they were hungry. <laughs> People holding the up their sandwiches. You know, I mean, they're not going to waste their rubber bullets on, at lunchtime. <laughs> I, I mean, know. these guys, you know. You're the one that's out there all the time. Yeah, that's what I would know. Uh, it's, two, it's before two, it's going to be pepper bullets. Yeah, they were looking for Vivek. They were <laughs> yeah. running towards the comedy club. Um, but then I came an hour later and I filmed the same spot. You would never know there was anything there. That's all Hong Kong, isn't it? It's the most like Hong Kong thing ever. 20 minutes ago, it could be chaos, right? You know, you tear gas, all this stuff. 20 minutes later, everyone's like, so uh, I'll see you at four. We got hit with tear gas here inside the lobby of downstairs. And uh, we walked, it was floating all the way through. LKF was full of tear gas. So we walked up to Wyndham Street. You cross the buildings. You're at the other side of Wyndham Street. And there's just expats drinking in the street like nothing was going on. Surreal. It yeah. was so surreal. It was just like this. You could you could sort of pan a camera like this. We're like that is a war zone, yeah, and that is a bunch of douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's basically like a weird timeline that's happening at the same time. But like two parallel universes. I mean, really? I, I, yeah. I've been actually on the streets, you know, with the rallies and everything, where you have guys in coffee shops standing at the windows, going like, "What's going on? What's going on outside?" And everyone outside is like running yeah. around, you know, passing waters and umbrellas and this and that. And you guys in coffee shop go like. I'll have a grande latte, please. Oh, oh yeah. cool. This is live. Interesting. With the pepper. You know? I got pepper outside. Yeah, they're probably like, oh, look, Facebook is <laughs> 20 seconds delay. So I'm kind of seeing what's going to happen really soon on my phone. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you're making Jules laugh. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you, don't need no, you don't need a full audience. You've got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So do you feel that COVID has affected, you know, what you've been putting on the podcast or want to put on the podcast? Uh, yes, it's affected the quality because I've had to do it over Zoom. Yeah. Before COVID, I did every single one of my interviews um, live, face to face. And also add to that the protests as well. Have they affected what you're trying to do with it or what you're focused on? Um, no, not really, because that's some an area that I'm kind of staying away from because I guess with my my job and just yeah yeah yeah. Fully, yeah yeah of course of course I yeah really yeah can't, can't and I'm I live on Lama Island and so I'm away from everything and I've just still been able to get I have been inundated with guests over COVID I have got podcasts recorded up until September. You're Ooh, joking? No, is that I'm a real thing? Joking. Wow! I promise you, I've got, like I've got to stop now. Like I don't want any more Zoom. I don't want any more Zoom podcasting because you can't have the same connection. Yeah. Like it's so lovely to be sitting here with you guys now doing it live again for the first time in ages. Well, second time because I had one other interview live. Um, and it's such a difference because you can really connect. You can feel the energy. You can really feel the presence. You can read the room. You can look at the body language, all of that. And on Zoom, you lose all of that. So I feel like I haven't done as good a job at connecting with my guests on Zoom. And then you've got the sound quality issue. It's, yeah, well. it's definitely harder though. Yeah. No it's question much, about much it. Harder. I mean, so I do not want to record another reason plus why I want to stay in Hong Kong. If your whole like, thing. Hong Kong people, I don't yeah. want to record overseas. Yeah. 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 If your whole thing is personal stories, you're going to be like, you know, tell me about the moment that changed yeah. you as a person. I'm sorry, the line just dropped yeah, out. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you repeat that, yeah, my yeah, internet yeah. connection just dropped yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're the just, dogs are barking they're just sobbing. The yeah, 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 yeah. And Well, I've got kids and I live in a Hong Kong apartment mm. and I was doing someone's podcast the other day and my daughter's just going, ah! <laughs> I'm like, can you hear that? She's like, yeah, 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 really loudly. Like, I, know, I, I interviewed someone yesterday and it was a lovely interview, but she had construction noise going uh, in the background. And like I've sent it off to the, yeah, off to my editors and it's just like, can you try to take that construction noise out? But it's hard. It's yeah. Really yeah. Hard. Like I really like to be able to control the environment where I'm interviewing. That's what I've realized. That's why this room's great. I think great. I might be a bit of a control freak in general. But no, I, I, think, I yeah. think that's why where you're at where you are because like you would care about these small, small issues. I mean, like I say, uh, you know, if you listen to a good podcast or even a recording of video, the sound quality is so important, way more important than the visual itself. If you listen to a well, lot so of podcasts, bad sound quality just drives you insane. Yeah. yeah, Look, yeah some yeah. people would argue that the content is more important. Some would argue that the sound quality is important. I think you need both. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think one's a minimum. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like... I agree. It's sort of one of those things where it's like, it's like having enough air. It's like, you just got to have it at a standard that we can function normally. And then the content comes in after that. Look, I've put up a podcast with um, a guy who worked in the Russian um, LGBTQ space where he was rescuing Oof, guys that from Chechnya. Rough. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. And he was here for the um, Rainbow Festival that they had. And I did it in a hotel in TST. The sound was terrible, but it was a really moving, amazing interview. You made compromises. So I made a, yeah. yeah, I made an, I, like I did, gave my, listeners a, my listener an apology. Like, you know, I'm really sorry. The sound is terrible, but this is a great podcast with a really important story. And I put it out and it's done really well. I did. I had a similar thing with a Yemeni guy who was a, a refugee trapped in his apartment in Wuhan for 70 days or something. We ended, I ended up doing two of them because people just wanted to get more of the story out of him. How cool. It's terrible sound quality. But but people will sit through it because it's so engaging. Yes. So I think if you've got a sort of average story or something that's not really 
clicking together and the sound quality is good, not good, then it's a problem. But if you've got great content with crappy sound quality, you might get away with it. Also, your podcast over time can stand for itself, speak for itself. Sure. And I think I've, I start, you know, I've got a good, great audience, that regular listeners and things, and so they'll be more forgiving over time. I think at this point, you've kind of gone against what like, the ABC was trying to encourage was don't do a podcast. I think whoever's listening now is probably going to think, I want to start doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're the anti-ABC. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Forget do the it, ABC. Do it. Yeah. I mean, so what, what are the tips you would give to someone who's in, you know, in their room right now thinking, I have a mic, I can do something? Like, are there any beginner tips you would guide and suggest like you know things that you kind of made a mistake in the beginning what to avoid just ideas i think having a bank of podcasts like about half a dozen before you launch is a good idea i think having a bit of a launch party and a bit of a release and doing some media or social media um posts and things beforehand is a great idea i think getting good equipment to start with don't start with a blue yeti because it picks up all the noise everywhere i'm getting rid of it tomorrow but i think there's a lot of things that you can do like get on facebook groups for podcasters and learn from them and search posts and ask for help the podcasting community is full of generous people that will help you and support you do podcasts, I've got so much I could go on for hours, do podcast promos and, cro- and cross promos with other podcasts is a great way to get an audience, one of the best. Um, do a little short course like I did. There are plenty of courses, there are free courses. Libsyn have all this free stuff. My daughter is doing a um, podcast writing course for anybody who wants to actually write true crime and actually create a sort of narrative rich uh, podcast. Do a course. Like, look into what you want to do. And I think really think of, don't go in half assed and not really have a vision and a plan. I think you need to have a focus and a plan. And, and you know how we were talking about the sound quality and stuff. Like, I really wanted to make sure everything was top notch for Fool Me Twice. I think that's different. Oh, to, yeah. To a, I mean, um, it would s- suck the Because yeah. it's such an atmospheric thing to listen mm, to. Yeah. Right? had to be. T- like, it's only three of us made that. And I think it's a, a network quality production. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised to hear that only three of you made yeah, it. Yeah, so. it's three of us. That's yeah, it. I spent 250 hours editing those that podcast, nine episodes. Wow. Yeah. And we're going to get ready for Fool Me Twice too. Yeah, yeah. That's another 250 hours probably. Yes, over summer. Yeah. So. yeah, it's amazing putting that up against what I'm guessing you spent on Hong Kong Confidential, which is a different level per episode. No, you know what? When I first started, I used to do all my own editing and it took me – I had to learn. So it took me like 20 hours to edit – one hour podcast. Oh my god! Fifteen hours. I was I've so pedantic, dropping all the breaths and taking out all the ums and. Oh the no! I don't. I don't. I don't even listen to it before I put it out. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> okay, well, there's a little tip for you. That's a tip. Edit. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I'm, f- I'm I'm full anti-editing. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, we, we want. We're we're going for authenticity. That's what well, we're doing. Well, I just think sustainability. You know. <laughs> but no, seriously but though, no. If you sit there putting, t- I've got. I was on a. Ollie Horn's podcast recently. He said he edited for 10 hours. I'm like, mate, you're not going to be doing this podcast yeah. in a week. Well, I pay for editing now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, and they do it to the quality that I want. And I feel like my listener now wants a certain quality or appreciates a certain quality. So my listeners editing. have no standards at all. <laughs> Yours are rubbish. <laughs> they nothing. rubbish. You know what? They're just rubbish people, really. You know, this is a different format. <laughs> this is more of a chat, sh- like I mean, a chat show. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So but it's okay. It's more casual. I mean, yeah. our, our listeners are usually people who are testing uh, speakers. <laughs> They're just like, oh, let's, yeah. let's listen to this. Okay, this speaker is terrible. <laughs> 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 this headphone. 
Facebook really, not bad. You jokingly said we should speak to the one listener. We didn't even have that at this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> we have the guy who has one earphone in. One the of DJ. my listeners. Well, I come on board and listen to this. Uh, no, <laughs> not, not, not after this point. Yeah. Uh, He's like, I heard a breath of air. <laughs> oh, they didn't edit that out. So what I, I'm really curious, though, um, I, I, I get talking about people having their personal story, but I'm very curious about uh, sort of areas or industries of Hong Kong that you were unaware of or unaware of their nuances until you sort of, you know, you say you talk to, we've, we've got a poker player coming on soon or, or again, like um, some aspect of Hong Kong that you didn't really know about. Yes, I didn't know there was a sleep specialist in Hong Kong, a sonomblant. Sun, I can't even say it. Some snomelier, snomnomblest. No. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Sorry, wow. is that how he gets you to sleep? You I just have to know. say his title. Hey, it was really helpful. That sounds like a relationship <laughs> scam right now. I'm a sleep specialist, baby. <laughs> I'm a sleep specialist. Here, put anyway. this put this cloth on your mouth. You'll be fine. <laughs> like, wait a second. Hold on a second. This mattress is great. That's terrible. This is terrible. I apologise for the fact, ladies and gentlemen. Again, it's crossed the line. <laughs> so this is the. Cassie, like, I told you not to joke about it. Cassie, you were right. <laughs> I would like to just acknowledge <laughs> that the viewpoint That is the most inappropriate <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that was terrible. That actually, but notice we're laughing more than anything I, else. But that's yeah, appalling. I, I did also, that. he's supposed to be the nice guy. <laughs> I did that on purpose to show that we actually, we don't edit this podcast at yeah. all. That's staying in. You see? Okay. I sacrificed myself for the authenticity <laughs> of the show. Please don't forward me the complaint letters, yeah. right? I do not want to see them. My apologies. Man. I will put my cloth away. I'll never take it out again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It completely set me off. So there was a sleep specialist in there somewhere. Anyway, right, okay. so, But he must be saving lives in this city like this, getting people to sleep. Uh, she, Kate Bridal. Sorry, yeah. gender assumptions, but yeah, see, no, <laughs> the woman wouldn't be silly an enough to do podcast. that podcast. Like, I really recommend to anyone who oh, it's has a podcast. Yes, a podcast. Oh, so wh- I didn't know that there was a sleep specialist, and she came on my podcast, and it was absolutely brilliant. So, so she's absolutely boring. That's how she gets somebody to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone nodded off by the end of the podcast. I think, I think our previous few episodes on this podcast con- is considered as sleep specialist episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah We're I'm, sleep I'm specialists, actually. Yeah, we are. Um, Sometimes my set is a whole sleep specialist set. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm giving you guys so much material. Will Smith is one of the best comedians on the planet, <laughs> came here for our opening. And did we hear for that? I f- oh, this dude in this chair. Oh, he was Will asleep. Smith was here. No, no, Will Sylvan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there was a he guy on stage left that was for, asleep. He was asleep for 40 minutes during a show that was just 150 people laughing as loud as they could laugh. And he just like, at some point, he was just like, but do you know what? I know how you feel. I had I did a Zoom lesson the other day. I'm a school teacher and one of my kids was asleep on the Zoom like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was just asleep on the screen for the whole lesson. I'm, I'm like, wake up, wake up. Nothing. And then she emails. Was this a one-on-one class? No, everyone. Yeah, I was going to say that's better. I've had I I did a Zoom (laughs) workshop before as well for some schools and kids in their beds. Lying there, you know, having breakfast with their cameras on, and I'm like, you know what? Turn your camera off. There's there's <laughs> an old there's an old guy in our Brisbane office, and they had a full like the the head president from the London office and stuff, and the bloke stood up and he had pink hot undies, <laughs> hot, pin, hot, hot pink undies on, and the guy speaking was going the the, the <laughs> and the CEO from Australia goes. Jeffrey, sit down. <laughs> yeah. Your penis is on the, the you're in the front shot. of the camera. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh Brilliant. man. Oh. All right. So you had the, spe- the sleep specialist on your show talk. I mean, that's like as you said, it's a real job. Yeah. 
I didn't know there was one. I didn't even know there was such a thing, but it's great. And there was other things that I've learned about, like the Mekong Club and the human trafficking work that's done in Hong Kong. And I'm glad to hear about stuff like that. Planet Ally and all that LGBTQ work that they're doing in Hong Kong and things like that. Um, There's so many different things that I've learned. It's been incredible. And people that are approaching me just out of the blue and it's like you know I've really learned a lot about what sort of groups there are working for um, foreign domestic helpers in Hong Kong and the support that they get and that's been really enlightening yeah we did an episode on that recently yeah. and some yeah. of the stats you don't realise are no. incredible so I've learned loads and I went out and did a how not to get scammed online dating workshop with some yeah. helpers who are ambassadors at Pathfinders and then they will disseminate the information out to um, other helpers in Hong Kong yeah. so it's brilliant like these opportunities are coming up and I'm wanting to pay it forward now. I want to do things out in the community where I can make a difference. I'm doing it for free. And if podcasters contact me and ask me for help, I'm helping them and I'm not charging. Oh, please don't call me at once. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't don't you, do a podcast. You will get one phone call. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, a you that one lesson. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, there's loads that I've learned and that's one of the things that's so rewarding about podcasting is that there's the people you meet, the things that you learn and how inspired you are. It's absolutely brilliant. Well, there you go. I mean, because the like you talked about Pathfinders. Well, I worked with them once and, you know, just doing some research about the issues that they had and it was mind-blowing because, like, oh, let's say the issue of pregnancy, you know. It's like, oh, foreign domestic workers getting pregnant. It's not illegal. They're completely allowed to do it and it's totally normal. But then now there's another issue. And I was like, wow, I can't believe such a simple thing can become this big issue. We had a whole little kind of workshop talking to people about it, how to deal with this issue. And it was just mind-blowing. And I think that's just one aspect. So you've got 150 episodes talking to more than 150 different people. You must have like all these issues that you're like, wow, the world is super complex. There's so much to it. Right. Yeah. Everything you must look at Hong Kong completely different from the the general person. Yeah, I think so. In a way, yes, and then in a way, no, because I'm in my fifties and I've been around the block a few times, <laughs> so I know sort of what's going on. Um, and I'm a, a teacher, so I'm sort of aware. But there's still things that surprise you, and there's still things that you can learn, and there's still things about ho- Hong Kong that I'm uncovering. It's really, really interesting. Like, it'd be great to get into the triads and do stuff on that. Oh, What's yeah. Going on. That'd be I so interviewed a I haven't Ni- done that yet. I interviewed a Nigerian cocaine dealer in Shanghai who I thought was a former cocaine dealer and minutes into the podcast realized that he was still working. Pretty <laughs> 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 Halfway through he's laying stuff out, you're like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I would just like people to go and check out Fool Me Twice on um, Apple and Spotify and anywhere you get your um, podcasts and also to check out Hong Kong Confidential. You can listen to that any episode that takes your fancy and with Fool Me Twice start at number one and work through to number ten. And to keep your eyes out for Fool Me Twice 2 that's coming in the future. And also my book is on Amazon, Fool Me Twice by Jules Hannaford, if you want to get really into the story. And I've bought you guys a copy. So you oh, can, wow. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys can have a little read and get the, the inner story. Because Fool Me Twice, the podcast, only covers really a bit of it. There's a lot more. Jules, thanks so much for coming out today. Oh, it's, it's been, been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Great to meet you guys. It's been so much fun. Now I hope you'll edit this. <laughs> <laughs>